It was so good. I thought I was watching a Marvel movie. Oh, I like which is like a major compliment for DC. Yes. Good job, DC. Yeah. You finally pulled one off. Yep. Welcome to Pulp Fiction, the grand return of your favorite movie podcast. Uh, we are your hosts, Brandon Rabar, along with Jacob Christen and Rachel Jameson. That is us. And this week, we are going to talk about the biggest hit of the summer so far, DC's Wonder Woman. I don't know. Actually, Guardians of the Galaxy has probably made more money. Have you looked it? at the sales? I haven't. Uh, I know that it made over a hundred million its first weekend, which was huge. Uh, but I can't remember how much. Actually, Guardians made more than that. Did it? Yeah, but this has good legs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Wonder Woman has good legs. Yes, yes, she does. As does the movie. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the movie. Here's the trailer first up. What is your mission? To stop the war. What war? The war to end all wars. Weapons far deadlier than you can ever imagine. The war can be ours. Whoever you are, you are in more danger than you think. I cannot stand by while innocent lives are lost. Be careful, Diana. Who is this woman? She's my um, secretary, sir. She's a very good secretary. It is our sacred duty to defend the world. And it's what I'm going to do. Thank you, Jacob. DC's latest and its best reviewed movie since the the Nolan trilogy. As far as the Justice League world, though, and what we're going to see in those movies, uh, you know, Batman v Superman got terrible reviews. Every incarnation of Superman since, like, Superman 2 has gotten awful reviews. But Wonder Woman is sitting at a pretty 93% at Rotten Tomatoes. Does Pulp Fiction agree or disagree? You'll find out this episode. Let's uh, first kind of give a little summary, though, of what Wonder Woman is about. Jacob, I will give you the honors of uh, informing the people on Wonder Woman. I probably deserve that, too, don't I? Yeah, you do. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> it's always uh, so uh, awkward to uh, explain a movie. Yeah. But, all right, so movie stars Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Robin Wright, Connie Nielsen, Danny Houston, David Thewlis, and plus 178 more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly 178 more? I believe that's correct. Nice. Yes. Uh, it's directed by Patty Jenkins. Did you mention that? I did not, okay, no. Okay, cool. So it's directed by Patty Jenkins, I believe our first woman director. Of a superhero of a movie? superhero movie. I thought it was like ever. <laughs> of all like, time. No. <laughs> uh, I believe so. Of a superhero <laughs> movie. I think so, yeah. Okay, so. I think it's been a, a boys game so far. And that's why it's been such one of the big deals about it. So Yeah. Well, the story kind of takes off where you're on. Now, you're a fan of Wonder Woman. So I you am. have to help me through some of this dialogue. Yeah. Okay. So is it Amazonia? Amazonian? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's always been called the Amazon princess because she was from the Amazons. Amaz- as far as the particular, you know, whatever you want to call it, a planet, mm-hmm. a spectrum, a world, whatever it is, a hidden island. I don't know. You know, they've kind of toyed with it here in this movie a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I believe it's the Amazonia. I remember when years ago I was looking for clips for you 
for Wonder Woman for two hours one day. Thank you. <laughs> that I did come across some like like the first it had to be like the pilot where she's on awesome. Amazonian. Yes. Oh, uh, because you know what's what's that? Nineteen sixties probably. Yeah, it was a seventies show. Early I think. 70s. I think it was a seventies show. And man, it was so awesome. <laughs> corny. Oh, oh. <laughs> Man, I, I certainly love didn't me some know that that existed. That part of it, the Amazonian or Amazon yeah. part, or I forgot it all, or didn't care. Um, <laughs> but a lot of this movie starts off in that in that uh, world where uh, we're introduced to the story of how these women got there. You're introducing to a Greek god mythology to an extent, yeah. And then you see this world of, I guess, women warriors, and yeah. they battle each other. And you have the queen who was played by. Connie Nielsen, which I thought was totally random casting. Yeah, I, mean, I always yes. liked her. I like her too. Like I liked. I first remember her from like The Devil's Advocate, and she's kind of shown up like randomly. Yeah, <laughs> Jacob's giving an approving look. Like, yeah, dude, she she really struck a chord with me in that movie. Then <laughs> uh, I was, of course, Gladiators, where I was mostly associated. Well, yeah, with. yeah, but she was clothed in that one for the most part. So I first think of her in Devil's Advocate. <laughs> uh, she's the queen of this island, and her daughter. Uh, Diana, played by Gal Gadot, who's our Wonder Woman. Yes. Uh, you know, is kind of like the young child who wants to learn how to be this warrior. Mm-hmm. You know, move a little bit forward in the story is where Chris Pine gets introduced. Is there playing kind of Rex on the island? And I'm not spoiling anything because this all happens in the first 15 minutes of the yeah. movie. Yeah. And from there, you know, with events happening, some interesting events with battleships that come into this little bubble world that no one ever addresses. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. I, I thought about that too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, she doesn't really get is convinced by Chris Pine to go out and go see the world, but she herself wants to go see what's up with the world because the setting is World War One, and she and she realizes that there's all kinds of pain and suffering in the world, and she wants to go help, and so she goes with Chris Pine to London, I believe. Yeah, it was to where uh, she just wants to go be on the front, and a lot of things transpire. Uh, their relationship blossoms. They meet some. Fun sidekicks, which I'm assuming are from comic books. Probably. And um, they meet their red heron villain and their vinyl villain. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, that's me kind of summing it up a little bit. But in that, you have a lot of fun scenarios where she's on the battlefield and you see her um, abilities exposed. Um, <laughs> you don't yes, ever yes. actually see her abilities yes. exposed. I wish you did. It is, it is kid friendly, but, but, but it is it is the closest when she gets onto the battlefield. It is the closest we see to her abilities uh, exposed. Yes, uh, it is hard uh, to combine boob so into that's abilities. mostly in the second act, and then third act is always where there's a big showdown with a bunch of CGI and um, yeah, and our resolution. So. Um, I'll tell you, this movie, I just did not know what to expect because, you know, now I'll, I'll watch a trailer once and then won't watch it. I used right. to say I'm not going to watch them, but I'll watch yeah. it once because I won't memorize near as much as right. when I study yeah. them. And I watch half a trailer. That's like my thing. I will watch half a trailer to get kind of the, the feel of a movie. But that second half of a trailer is where they always spoil everything. Yeah. So I will watch one half. And then I'll stop watching. Yeah. And that's what I did with this. Yeah. And look, we, we probably all watched this movie about a week or two after it had come out. So we were very aware of the of the, the ratings hype. it yeah. was getting. Because, yeah. I mean, I believe it was like 97 out the yeah, gate. Yeah, it was. And it's it kind of came a little, a little bit back down to earth for 93 yeah. as far as Rotten Tomatoes is concerned. Yeah. It's at 76 on IMDb, which I think is more realistic. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's bad at all. But um, I just didn't know what to expect. And uh, I was... Uh, 
pleasantly surprised. I'll just say this. I, I didn't know how they're going to pull off Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And I think they did very well. Yes. So that's all I'll say for right now. I'll let Rachel talk. The, Rachel, you are our resident lady. A movie finally, <laughs> you know, I think that um, women, girls everywhere have kind of been looking forward to it. It is pretty crazy that it took till 2017 for Wonder Woman, who is one of the biggest superheroes right. in the world, right. most iconic, to finally come to the big screen. So directed by a lady starring the the a most popular female superhero of all time. So <laughs> our lady, what did you think of Wonder Woman? It was so good. I thought I was watching a Marvel movie. Oh, I like what <laughs> Which is like a major compliment for DC. Yes. Good job, DC. Yeah. You finally pulled one off. Yep. And I think this is the one that counted for them. If they could not pull off their big female superhero in this day and age, it was going to be a big problem. Right. So I think it was very smart to use a female director to yes. do that. Um, yes. Because, uh, I mean, it's a movie with a great message about love and strength and and finding who you are and what your purpose is and all that kind of stuff. And I think with <clears throat> it's a female, so to have a female director there, it, it brought a lot of warmth into an action movie because yes. that's what you need because she's a female. Like, that, that element has to be there. So I thought they did really well with it. I was impressed. I, I really was. And I hope that I'm glad you brought that up. The the love and nobility and and warmth of of this particular superhero, because where DC has failed, I think they've tried to be so dark because yeah. the Dark Knight trilogy is so successful. You know, they made Superman dark, and he's not a dark superhero. It's like they tried to follow that mold of Batman, and then Batman v Superman was dark, and this was. Their first kind of lovable superhero, right. like like positive, warm hero. And I'm so glad that it's a success financially and critically and audiences are just loving it. So hopefully they're going to kind of learn their lesson like, oh, maybe we should do that with Superman as well. Yeah. They can do with whatever with Batman because he's supposed to be darker. <laughs> right, but, right. But Superman, they really dropped the ball on. They and did. so I'm hoping that this kind of recalibrates how they, you know, do their Superman movies and their Superman character from here on out yep. as well. Completely agree. I think it's wise from this point forward to say that we always spoil here on Pulp Fiction, so be aware of that one. Yeah. Good so call. let's so let's spoil this. I, I wanna say I actually really, really like this movie. Uh, like you, Jacob, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I've just kind of assumed that DC was going to make crap movies from here on out. Uh, this but, one's a crap shoot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It could have gone either way. I mean, if they would have tried to make Wonder Woman dark, I mean, <laughs> how awful would this have I been? I mean, you would think that when you, they did it to Superman, you're like, oh, they won't make Superman dark. Yeah. And then they did. So yeah. you can't trust them anymore. Right, right. I actually put off seeing it because I was like, Ugh, it's not going to be good. And it's just going to make me mad. Yeah. But no, it's great. I, and I think uh, I want to talk particularly about Gal Gadot. I think she was the perfect choice. I, I know that Wonder Woman was kind of in production, you know, uh, limbo for so long because they couldn't find the right Wonder Woman. I mean, for years and years, they talked about who they were going to cast as Wonder Woman. And I can't think of anybody better, honestly. Dude, I loved her. She was I awesome. Mean, let's put aside the obvious that she's beautiful. Yeah. Like, she was, I thought she was lovable. She was sweet. They played the naivety perfect yes, for they this did. movie. Yeah. It was yeah. one of my favorite parts about the movie, yeah, really. Yeah, because it was like a fish-out-of-water movie yes. as well, because she went from one world to another yes. one. And so she was, you know, she kind of gets a... a 
girlhood crush as well. Like it's our first crush. Uh-huh. Like there was so much of that element that was a cool kind of a subtext subplot thing, which was really really cool. Please slow down. Your leader. How could he say that? Believe that? And, and you, with your duty to simply give them a book, no. you didn't stand your ground. You, you didn't fight. Because there was no chance of changing his mind. This is Aries, and he's not going to allow a negotiation or a surrender. The millions of people you talked about, they will die. We are going anyway. You mean you were lying? I'm a spy. That's what I do. How do I know you're not lying to me right now? I really liked it. At the end of it, I was like, I was like, she was really, really good. Yeah. I, and I was, again, just one more thing I was just surprised about. I remember at one point they had talked about Sandra Bullock, and of course she's aged out by now. You know, they were talking right. about her like 10 years ago. Uh, and she's a good actress and all that, and she kind of looks the part. But I mean, I can't imagine Sandra Bullock doing like the action part. That, no. That's what made, uh, and I also can't see her doing the naive part as well, just because we know Sandra Bullock, and right. I just she does don't it in see speed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. But that was Sandra that Bullock was like twenty years ago. Years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's what was so good. You know, it's a hard thing to pull off with Wonder Woman because you had to be sweet and loving and naive, but then you had to be able to kick some ass too. Mm-hmm. And Gal Gadot is convincing. I'm like, she's a physical presence. Yeah. She is. Yeah. Uh, so she was able to do, you know, both sides of the character really well. But I also even let, like the look on her face when she was stern, when she was fighting, like I was legitimately like I respected her. I yes. don't want to go up against that girl. And then she would yeah. smile and it would sh- like her face just lightens up like yes. like the girl next door, like so sweet. Mm-hmm. I think there's few people that can pull off that transition and simultaneously be that person. Yeah. Like it, I thought she was amazing. And she is beautiful. You also do have to be beautiful. Like it's a tough thing to do. You have to be able <laughs> but to, strong, to be strong, but physical, not too sweet, strong. and beautiful. Yeah. Like she, she really is perfect. She's like, still womanly. She's not like Xena, the warrior right. princess, or like China or Ronda Rousey <laughs> right. or something like that. She still looks like a beautiful, like, you know, she's not, she doesn't look like a dude. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, I I was really really I became a Gal Gadot fan. I did too. Uh, instantly, I did I too. Mean, I really did. Uh, now Chris Pine is is our other lead. Yep, there you go. And I've always liked Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. I used to get him confused with Chris Evans for like the first three years they were wow. both acting. Why? Uh, I don't know. They're both good looking. They hit the scene at kind of the same time. They both did superhero stuff. Yeah, they're but both good Chris looking. Chris Evans such a boring actor. <laughs> 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 I agree. Chris Pine is a better actor. Uh-huh. And, he's just and, more charismatic. Yes, I'll say that. he is. He I don't is. know if he's a better actor, but I think he's much more charismatic. Yeah. And we we most know him from the James T. Kirk role right. in the yes. Star Wars reboot, yes. which I think he's perfectly cast oh, for. Oh, he is. He is. Yeah. Uh, but I loved... Uh, the, the thing I liked about him most was the comedic element that he brought, especially my favorite jokes all had to do with like uh, her asking him if, you know, she's kind of like sees him naked and she's kind of lingering like you can kind of see like her first like kind of sexual awakening like, oh, what's this? And she <laughs> asked she asked him if he's typical of like the male species and he gives that slow delivery of I'm above average. <laughs> Whereas we as an audience get the joke because he's like freak, super freaking hot. We all know that. Uh, but I loved what he brought. And then the whole thing like the the innuendos with the sex and like her being naive and not really getting it and the whole like laying down together. On oh, the that boat whole boat that. scene was great. It was awesome. I love the first act of this movie. I think yes. It's the, 
I, I don't know. I was, the second act is good too, but the first act is really fun. There's a lot more dialogue in it. Yeah, it's them getting to know each other, but her also just like you said, fish out of water was a perfect way to put it. Yeah, discovering the world, the situation she's in, learning about men, which is kind of funny. Yeah, and you know, men in in She'd the nineteen twenties, which are much more um, oh, not kind of. Uh, not masculine and yeah they're not masculine but they're um, misogynists (laughs) oh that too yeah yeah so so it was just it was fun and so and he's the i think the the perfect guy to cast next to her because his character his charisma can come out um so it was a lot of fun to watch for me i found him a little bit annoying really i I, he did in the second act or the third act for me i never got like what what about it made annoying he came off as like too cocky to me. Oh, a really? Lot of it. I don't know. I just. Oh, I can kind of see parts of that. You know, it has too many one-liners set up and ready. Right. Like teed like, up. I, I just didn't love him. And I really like Chris Pine. I always have, but mm. I just didn't. I didn't love him in this. I didn't hate him either, but I probably would have cast somebody else for that role. I disagree with me. your assessment. That's fine. Mm. Uh, everybody does. It's at 93%. It's a very <laughs> small percentage. It's like, eh, Chris Pine. My issue with Chris Pine in the third act was basically. There are times where her naiveness was so frustrating that I would have lost my shit uh, and just have at some point like and I can't think of an example. At the yeah, moment, I was gonna like he should have just yelled at her to kind of it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way because she just kept thinking about like true, you know, goodness and let's true. help everyone. It's like, no, the world does not function that way. And that never really happened. I, th- you know? I, I, I agree. I know what you're saying now and I can see that I don't necessarily agree with you but i completely see what you're saying now that you say it i think it's because he was also smitten with her as well so there's that like he was he realized her backstory but also was in love with her and but but you're right like well you know the intro of the movie is like you know i was i i once didn't understand and now i do because you know we're going 40 years in time right. or whatever and if it's just because he killed himself at the end of the movie on this airplane you know, for her to understand, I think it would make more sense for him to say the world doesn't work that way prior to, you know, him going off and being the, really the the hero of the movie. Right. right. Well, and she she's from a certain perspective. something that I thought was kind of funny is like she kind of, you know, cuts down mankind in the beginning, in the end with her her uh, narration kind of says like they kind of crappy, basically, whereas, I mean, the person that she loved was such a hero such a heroic figure mm-hmm. so she's seen the good right and i don't know like i hope that she's not going for we don't know because we just saw a little snippet of mm-hmm. her narration and like kind of where she was and where she is now f- through that opening and ending narration but i hope that she hasn't become jaded like going forward right. like with the justice league so and, by the like, time she gets to the not, justice league she can be all angry and bitter right yeah, yeah exactly exactly maybe they're just it's hedging like, their no, bets i don't want to help maybe they're hedging just their bets to see what people thought like oh do we want to go dark or keep it light with oh, her gosh. yeah <laughs> you know everyone's keep raving about the color in this movie which it was when they're on the island right but i still it's kind of muted really it's kind of muted dark. it was which it was you see pretty often when you do you know world war one or two movies you see yeah. it very grainy so it was still a lot of color was taken out of it. it I think it's just nice that she had that, you know, red suit. That yeah, red but, and blue but even and but even her her suit her is is a muted. lot more yeah, muted me, than the original it's, it's real suit. Better than Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. Right. It's a right. step up. It's still pretty. You well, know, I was going to say it still looks 
dark. It's it still, does look dark. They like that look to their movies, and that's fine, but it wasn't a dark movie. And I was going to say, with your thing with Chris Pratt, like, why didn't you just tell her that? You have to keep in mind that this is a kid's movie. Yeah. A- and while that's we true. can connect the dots of that's not the way the world works, if a kid is watching it, it may be better just to let your main character spell that out for them than to have somebody force that on them so they can get the message themselves rather than just... That's stupid. No, actually, I'm going to jump in with Rachel on this one. She said some stupid stuff earlier, but this time I agree with her. No way. Uh, well, but I say that because I watched it with, with three of my nephews and my niece, and this is tied now with Trolls as my niece's number one movie of all time. She's got so, some good taste. And she's four years old. So a four-year-old Dude, you know, yeah. watching the movie, I think it would have kind of broke her heart to see – this her, guy yelling yes, at her, saying, at Wonder Woman. Yeah. it's not like that. Love doesn't yeah. rule everything. And like, I think my just... sister would have had to explain to her why he was being so mean to Wonder Woman. Uh, right. And my my niece loved that Wonder You're Woman. So giving kids too scene. much credit. I mean, like, think back to the movies in the 80s. They just say it how it is, and kids get it. Yeah, but you know what? I, I'm, I was just so happy that DC finally made a movie <laughs> that kids can actually even watch. Yeah, they couldn't true. watch the Dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> they can't true. watch... The Superman movie, the freaking Man of Steel and all that, like he's killing people. They can't watch any Batman movie. Uh, right. So they finally made a movie that kids can watch. <laughs> and since we've mentioned the sexual stuff, we should mention like it gets a little like if you're watching it and you didn't pre-screen it before you put kids in there, it's a little bit. I was you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. But they keep you can take your kids to it. Yeah, I, think I agree with that. It's yeah. fine. I agree with that. Yeah. But yeah, I can see if you were watching it and your kids were there already, you would have been like, oh, crap. Oh, I where got is worried. going to go. Yeah, I got worried. So but yeah. no, it's good. You OK, Rachel, them. favorite scene in the movie. I don't know. Okay, I, I, don't I really don't know. Uh, actually, you kind of uh, referenced it earlier when you said that uh, she, her abilities were exposed on the battlefield. It was the very first time when they were like on the on the war field, yep. and she's like, you know, they're kind of wanting to bypass a bunch of stuff, and she's like, no, f this, I'm going to take care of this, and she kind of drops her cloak, her you know 1920s outfit that they'd bought her. And she comes and that music. The music is Wonder, so good. That's the, what I was going to say. The Wonder Woman music is maybe my favorite like superhero music we've I had. I love that they kept that in. Yes, because we got it, it in Batman v Superman, mm-hmm. and I thought it was the best part of Batman v Superman. Yeah. And you know that music gets me jacked up. And so that music comes on. She drops her, you know, her outfit, and she goes out her there cloak. and she just kicks. Yeah, <laughs> not I her outfit. Uh, and she goes out there and just kicks some butt. I thought that was the best scene in the movie. I thought that was definitely up there because. Again, she has to wear that golden, uh, what do you call it, headband thing? I don't know what they and, you know, call she, it. So yeah. she turns away from the camera, and then she turns back, and she's like, I'm going to do something about it. And so, again, it's, it's like almost those, like a tiara. It, there you go. That's what yeah. it is. Because and, she is a princess. Yes, that is what it is. And it's like, okay, you know, are we going to pull this off? And that's the first scene where you really feel like, okay, wow, they're pulling this off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I loved it. Man, um, that, man, I'm actually, the more we talk about, the more I, uh-huh. I, oh, I liked it. I, I really like this that's movie. That's definitely up there as one of mine. The other moments I like, again, there's more in the first act. I think that boat scene is great. Yes. Uh, the dialogue. You know, he's trying to be proper and not lie next to her, and she just doesn't get it. I think yeah. that's fun. And he's I like, fine, thought, fine. I'll just lay next to you. Mm-hmm. I also <laughs> thought it was a lot of fun when she was trying on clothes. Yes. Uh, I yeah. thought that was so simple, but like it just, I don't know. It's just good moments like that that really work. For I agree. Right. Like this. Yeah. Um, I'm not really familiar with the actress who was helping her. I guess she's kind of a secretary. Yeah. I wonder if she's like a famous or not famous, but known in, in England or something. Because I felt like she seemed to me at least to be 
legitimately British. Lucy Davis, which wow, she does <laughs> not look anything. She famous. Lucy <laughs> Lucy Davis looks nothing British. like she, she does in this movie. Oh, is that her? Yeah. She looks so, legitimately whoa. British. I've seen her in something. That is not what she looked like in this movie. That picture must have been from like 20 years ago. <laughs> that could not be her. But like it was fun to kind of see that kind of back and forth. And um, oh, she was in Shaun of the Dead and the UK version oh, of The Office. Uh, so I was right. She is known and she is legitimately British. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> uh, one of the things I thought was pretty cool was after that first battle scene where she's going right up the middle. Right after that is when she kind of takes out the sniper and and the tanks and all that was pretty cool. Like that was a good action sequence. Yeah, I just wasn't a big fan of the third act in this movie, but. I gotta ask you one more thing. No, I, right. I'll agree. There was I, I thought it was the I was if I had one complaint, I was a little bit let down by kind of the climax. The villains the, were all weak. The villains I mean, were all weak. Three of them. You have Doctor yeah, Poison, which has got to be a character from the comic book. It's got to be, yeah, because that name is awful. Yeah. Uh, so Doctor Poison, you had um, Doctor Poison, then her like uh, Danny Houston playing Lundendorf, who right. I said was the red heron. Yeah, uh, because you know he would. I, you know, when I saw in the beginning that he was kind of inhaling these uh, gases and is making mm-hmm. him stronger, I was like, okay, that's that, that's our villain. Yeah. I had no idea that David Thewlis was going to be our Me villain. Me neither. Not at all. Uh, but he seemed to be on the up and up. And so I guess it was a nice trick, but it was almost too... It wasn't real effective to uh, me. It, exactly. It was... Um, it's not even a, a spoiler. What do you call it? I don't know. It was just too of a surprise. It just kind of made no sense. It was a, li- it was a little contrived, like just yeah. for the element of having a surprise. Like, I don't know that they necessarily earned it. Yeah. If I had one complaint, it would be that. <laughs> and they sure didn't hold back on night- keeping him old. Yeah, as, they did. Uh, What's the Greek, God's na- Greek god's name? Uh, uh, Ares? Uh, Ares. Ares. Yeah. yeah. It's like he it's like <laughs> goes into this back to powerful god mode, but... Keep the mustache and the wrinkles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I did think I did think the element of like her supposed naivety of believing in this Aries and what all the, you know, real world people thought were, you know, mytho- mythological creatures. Mm-hmm. And then even you as a viewer, like, well, maybe I, I kept going back and forth whether this Aries was going to be real or not. Because on one hand, I'm like, well, we know this comic book movie and we know that her legend should be true. But at the same time, like, well, yeah, but... I mean, Are it's we kinda... going to bring these Greek characters into this storyline? Right, exactly. Because if you bring in Ares, that means you can bring in Medusa. Zeus and everything. Yeah, yeah it exactly. goes to a whole other level. Yeah. Um, hey, what about the gold whip? Like, I totally forgot about it. Uh-huh. And it happened in the first act, and they really used it. Gold lasso. Thank Is you it the very lasso? Much. Yeah, okay. it's the, it lasso the lasso of truth. I think yeah. it actually worked. Yeah, I, I thought it was worked. cool. I just yeah. can't believe the things that worked in this movie. Yeah. <clears throat> Name is Captain Steve Trevor, pilot, American Expeditionary Forces, serial number 8141921. That's all I'm at liberty to... Assigned to British intelligence. What the hell is this thing? The lasso of Hestia compels you to reveal the truth. But it's really hot. What is your mission? Whoever you are. You are in more danger than you think. What is your mission? I am a... I am a spy! I'm a spy. I'm a spy. Well, you know what they didn't do, and I was curious if they were going to do it. Her spin? Made... 
Say what? Her spin? No, but that's funny you bring that up. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. I was disappointed there wasn't a spin. I, yeah. I would have loved it if there was a, <laughs> that was too. my attempt of the sound when she's doing the spin from the TV show. I would have loved the spin. But it I thought that was your cell phone. It room. probably would have <laughs> it probably would have come off as cheesy. But I hope they can find a way to do it to, though. You've got to have the spin. Yeah, I know. The future's or the, the spin is a part of Wonder Woman. But it, it wouldn't have made sense for this movie, but I am wondering going forward, like with her being friends with Bruce Wayne. If they'll bring in, she's definitely her. gonna have that submarine. Oh, I was gonna say the invisible plane. That's what I, someone else asked me. If yeah. the invisible plane was yeah. in because I'd forgotten about because that's a big thing with Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. But it seems ridiculous, like given this movie and the context and stuff like that. And maybe they'll just drop it. But at the same time, it's a big part of who she is, and maybe Bruce Wayne makes one. I'm Here, sure he will. Here's even one. Well, really, he'll have somebody. I think one. here's a big elephant in the room. The whole thing is no one ever calls her Wonder Woman in the movie, which I love. Yes, yeah. yes they don't. But I wonder now if you know if this happens in 1920 or 30, and then we pick up at Justice League, you know they're going to use time and history as calling her Wonder Woman just to call her that. Good call. It'll be interesting to see because no one technically knew who she was in Batman v Superman, right? Right. So right. how can you say that she that no one knew of her, but yet they did because we had these amazing things happening right. that changed the pace of the war? Right, right. exactly. You know, and then it's like, oh, there's just like this Wonder Woman who we don't know who she was. She right. just disappeared for fifty years. Is that is that how they're going to do this? See, that's a, see, that's a really good question. I'm glad mm. you brought that up that they never called her that movie, which I do think fits for the movie because it would have seemed, you know, I, I imagine that the public, whether it be the newspapers or just like you know, whispers or whatever people, she kind of adopts the name Wonder Woman through that. Mm -hmm. But it is kind of odd. Don't you think though, that she's been this, you know, incredible superhero who did all these things throughout the years and the world's, Greatest detective of all time, and never even heard of her. But whatever, <laughs> he, found her, he found he found out through her for a, a, some open files, I guess. Yeah, some leaked files. Yeah, that just happened upon his desk, <laughs> or that were told to him by like the spirit of yeah, some they flash botched or that story. Oh, it was so up. stupid. They just botched that. Yeah, they did. Uh, but I gotta say, well done, DC. I'll give credit yeah. where it's due. They they made a good superhero movie. I am. I am surprised and impressed. I can't wait to be even more disappointed by Wonder Woman 2. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, though. I'm going to follow Gal Gadot wherever she goes. Gal Gadot is good. Out. Yeah. She's just talented. She just is. She's hot. <laughs> so hot, dude. And hot. Like, so hot. <laughs> I wonder if there's been any sort of controversy at all about her not having blue eyes. Like, I was surprised I didn't give her blue contacts, just because that's a big part of about the yeah. Wonder Woman character. In every single incarnation of her. You know, I was also kind of surprised we didn't have a Linda Carter sighting. I figured she would have a cameo. I thought I don't for, know, for sure. Some reason, I thought she 100%. Might. I thought she'd she at least on be on the, the island. island. Yes. I thought she'd be like one of the old, like, old school, like, trainers or uh-huh. something. For, for the sure. mom, even. Yes. And maybe they're just kind of trying to go, they felt like they'd be cheesy or something. But I thought for sure Linda Carter. It would be great. Yeah. And she still looks good. Have you seen her? Uh-huh. Dude. <laughs> Uh-huh. She's beautiful. She's Gilf, beautiful. dude. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so anything else we'd like to say about Wonder Woman? I don't know. We didn't really talk about Robin Wright. We didn't talk about um, really all the three sidekicks, Saeed, uh, Tagmawi, Ewan Bremner, who I'm a huge fan of from uh, Train Spotting, yeah. and Eugene Brave Rock. I don't really know there's much to say there. Yeah. But, I know, like their little ragtag crew. I like their crew. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they were all good. All fun they casting. I, I thought the um, the Robin Wright one was so random. I just never thought of her as random. a physical presence. No, and but she was but good. She pulled it, it, off. it off. She, I, I was surprised. I wouldn't have thought of her as a physical presence Mm-mm. either. But yeah, it she worked. was 
She was good at and the little the little girl who played Wonder Woman the first five minutes, like the little girl she was pretty adorable. Real adorable. She was. She was. Okay. So that is Pulp Fliction on Wonder Woman. If you haven't seen it yet, go out and see it. Three thumbs up uh from our crew. So time now it's been a few weeks since our last pulp fiction so we've each watched quite a few things whether it be movies or tv shows so let's find out what we've been watching here at pulp fiction jacob i'm gonna go down my road of watching older movies because it's just been fun for me lately i want to talk about three movies at the same time sicario prisoners and enemy i had not seen enemy brandon has been Oh, you watched it? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> I'm so pumped. Get I, out your I, phone over I, there. I, I, I was going to say, I, <laughs> I, I got out my phone to look at my, like, what I've been watching lately, mm-hmm. and then I heard Enemy, and I immediately put it down. <laughs> well, here's the thing. All right, so I remember we reviewed Sicario uh, a year or so ago, uh, two years ago, and, wow, two years. Yeah. And so... Um, Sicario's kind of been a recurring And you and I movie. thought it was overrated. Yes. And I have watched it a couple times since, and I think it keeps getting better and better. Yeah, you've liked S- it more and more. Sicario's di- directed by Dennis Villanueva, who also directed Prisoners, Enemy, and Arrival, which just got nominated for Best Picture. Yes. Um, I think this guy is, is really talented. Good. Yeah, he's, he's really, really talented. Good. Like, he's still kind of a no-name. But I mean, and he'll be doing the new uh, Blade Runner coming out as well. So I think that people start to. I think that will put him on the map. uh, Yeah, because these other ones have all been very solid movies, very solid storylines, interesting storylines, interesting characters, great casting. Yes, I mean, really intense action sequences. I think of these three movies, I guess I can loop Arrival in. But I mean, of the three that I watched, Prisoners, I think is still the best movie. Prisoners is awesome. Uh, Prisoners is intense, creepy. It is. it's really hard to talk about Enemy without spoiling stuff. Right. Yeah. And I definitely went and watched. I think you had suggested it before. The, I definitely the, went and watched good. the explanation of that movie. Good. Because that was going to be my first question. I certainly had like, you know, WTF moments oh, yeah. after it was over. And I was trying to make sense of it. And I guess I'm just not smart enough. Dude. I consider myself really smart. I'm really happy with my level of intelligence. We know. <laughs> and, uh, and I feel like I can figure out most movies where I, s- I kind of start to piece them together and be like, but Enemy... I had no clue where, where to even go. No, After I didn't. seen the explanation. I was like, wow, that yes. completely makes sense. After yep. I saw the explanation, I loved the movie. Mm-hmm. Like it made me appreciate and love the movie so much after I watched the explanation. Mm-hmm. And I felt kind of like, I mean, like I should have got some of this. Like, so, so what did you think then? Actually, it was Chris Stuckman who I was telling you about on YouTube uh-huh. off air, who reviewed it, who laid it out perfectly. Really? So what did I think of it? Uh-huh. I thought it was very good. I had a lot more respect for it after I looked into it. Yes. Um, I knew that there are elements at play that were just outside of my realm for the yes. time being. Even if I sat and reflect on it for a month, I still probably couldn't have come to a conclusion had I not just immediately watched right. um, the stuff afterwards. So I think it's very impressive. It's, it's great writing. Yes. And it, honestly, it, you know, these are the movies that I wish there were more of. And actually, there probably are. We just don't get to see them because we're too, you know... We, we live in a world of uh, comic book movies and right. Star Wars and everything else. Um, but, boy, what a great thriller. Oh, oh it was so good. It ended up, like, after I watched it, I was like, I know I just watched something really good, but I can't figure out what I watched. Right. right. And so I was like, I know it's good, but I, I didn't really appreciate it for what it was. And then I watched an explanation, like a 20-minute explanation that really broke down the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh, that movie was brilliant. I love this movie now. I mean, did mm-hmm. the last 
image, the last shot, you're like, what? Well, I didn't what? see that one coming. I know. I knew it, but I knew it meant something because right. I knew right. that the imagery that I'd seen throughout the movie, I knew yes. it meant something. And right. I, I don't know. There's a part of me that made me wish I would have waited a little bit, but I immediately wouldn't found a, nice. a review. Yeah. Now, look, I mean, I watched all of these movies in the same day, so I was on a Dennis Villanueva. Oh, yeah. I got to ask, though, have you all ever seen uh, Incendies? You know what? I have meant to watch Incendies, and I have not. <laughs> I'm just real curious because I've been so what? You know what? I meant to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I will just say I've been so impressed with his other movies that I knew that this was his had gotten buzz. And, you know, it's, I mean, 80% Metascore on IMDb. That's pretty good. Yeah. And I'm just assuming it's good, too. Yeah, he must have a Spanish background. I don't know much about him. Oh, or French. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. Um, huh. That's so weird. Okay. Anyway. I'm just curious if you knew much more about him. No, I, I I'm just wanted, excited about it. I'd seen every single one of those other movies that you brought up, but I have not seen Incendies. It's one of those. It got you know good reviews, mm-hmm. and so it was kind of like check mark. Watch this later. I never got around to it. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, I'll briefly talk about Cool Hand Luke. Oh, that's um, one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, I watched it the other day, and I just texted to Utah. I was like, man, this is just one of the coolest movies. It is. Uh, Paul Newman is the main character in this. If you don't know much about cool hand luke and you're being maybe oh bullheaded about watching an older movie because it came out in 1967 this is definitely one you really should watch it's just acting in its finest form yep and i mean you know we did our top five favorite actors here while back and i think i mean he was he was not in my top five and i think he's crept up in there just be just because he's in my top 10 every time i watch him i just love yeah, I mean, it's, it, he's amazing. I think he'd be in my top ten for sure now. But anyway, he he plays this character where he's kind of a, a man who was, I guess, two years in a on a chain chain gang, and he kind of it's you know, damn the man, save yeah. the, save the empire, yeah. right? <laughs> and you know, the movie's that from? No, I don't remember it. Empire Records. Yeah, ah, I mean, I mean, that's right. The, the cult movie watcher over here. Yeah, she get it. <laughs> So, uh, you know, that is that time period where everything was like, damn the man. But that is kind of more of a storyline. It's real simple, but it's just great acting. And uh, just what a good movie. I just hadn't seen it in a while. I, I'm glad that you I, I just want to talk quickly about it because I do really, yeah, really like really Paul talk Newman. about this movie much. Yeah, it's uh, I'd always liked him. But when I watched Cool Hand Luke, that's when I was like, oh, I love Paul Newman. Yeah. And it made me kind of get in depth. That's when I started watching other Paul Newman movies that I hadn't seen, like The Verdict, the Verdict. And, and all and all these older, you know, The Sting mm-hmm. and and uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Hustler, The Hustler. Yeah. Was, I'd already seen The Hustler mm-hmm. uh, at that point, and I liked him in The Hustler. But Cool Hand Luke is what really made me love him. And so we actually, what we used to have a thing uh, called Classic Movie Night every Sunday night. Uh, me and my brother and a few friends, Rachel was one of them, would get together and watch a classic movie. And the entire time we did that, we did that for, what, three or four years? Yeah. Uh, the entire time we did that, I think Cool Hand Luke had the best reception of every, oh, single, sure. of every single movie we watched. Cool Hand Luke got, like, the consensus. Because some of those movies, you know, were, like, too slow for some people, mm-hmm. too boring or outdated or whatever. Yeah, but Doctor cool Strangelove, everyone fell asleep during. Yes, so. they did. Yeah. They did. <laughs> I mean, we watched a lot of movies from everything from, like, The Third Man. I mean, like, we watched... Yeah. Rear a window. lot of rear end, a lot of old school class movies, but Cool Hand Luke, hands down, had the best reception. I think the best line in that movie, because there's a lot of great lines for me, is uh, when he kind of, when they're playing cards, and he uh, has nothing, 
And they go, and they go, man, you had nothing. He's like, man, sometimes nothing is a cool hand. Yeah, that's yeah, like, so that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody eat fifty eggs. Yeah, that's what that's I was. Mine. I mean, the, the the most famous line is, "What we have here is a failure to yeah. communicate." What we have here yeah. is failure <laughs> to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nobody eat fifty eggs. My probably favorite. So one. good. Yeah. Uh, lastly, I want to talk about the apartment. Oh yeah, Jack Lemmon, uh-huh. uh, best picture winner, nineteen sixty, with starring Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. Yeah, I have been on a Shirley MacLaine kick lately. She is one. Of, she is one of my favorite actresses that's out there. Nice. Um, she. I also watched Turns of Endearment, but I want. I mean, because she's great yeah. in Turns of Endearment too. She won uh, best actress for that. She was nominated for The Apartment, and so I was trying to exploring some of her old movies. Um, and so I started with The Apartment, which I have seen before. Have you seen it, Rachel? Mm, I don't remember if I have. So it's basically the story of Jack Lemmon is kind of like a low-level insurance guy working for this big agency in New York. Right. And he loans out his apartment for a lot of the upper management guys to use to bring their dames back to, you know, and he has like a set schedule like every day of the week for someone to use his apartment. But he's, you know, he's getting annoyed and people are drinking his alcohol and they're making, no- yep. they're being noisy and, and his neighbors are starting to think that he's the playboy and, uh, you know, they're starting to lose respect for him. But at the same time, he's trying to get to like a top exec, you know, uh, role in the in the company. And the elevator lady is Shirley MacLaine. Right. And, uh, you know, she's just a sweetheart in this movie, which is funny for Shirley MacLaine because she still has that just enough smart ass. But it doesn't get into the Shirley MacLaine that we know, like 20 and 30 years later, where she's just too good at being a smart ass. Yes. Uh, I mean, like, I just loved her in terms of endearment for that. Um, she was a cutie back in her day too. She was kind of smoke. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, she <laughs> was. I'll say this: like Jack Lemmon, honestly, he really annoyed me out the gate of this movie. Really? Yes, he was just too animated, too bubbly, too all over the place. But he okay. really finds a way to bring it down a notch when kind of it hits the fan there and that like kind of last yes. third of the movie. Yes. Um, and so, very good flick. It's um, I really enjoyed it. For I think it holds up pretty well for an older movie. Yeah. Uh, the third actor is uh, Fred McMurray, who most people know from My Three Sons. Yeah. Um, and Shaggy the Dog. I think the first Shaggy yeah. the Dog yeah. movie. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, he's a lot of fun in it, but he's kind of plays a villain in this movie, which uh, is kind of funny for him because I just always knew him as the dad. Yeah. Uh, you know, good good father figure. Right. So. Yeah, The Apartment's a really good movie. That's, yeah. You, you, you watch some good ones. Note that it was uh, directed by Billy Wilder, Wilder yeah. who did quite a bit of movies. Yeah. You've seen the musical version, Promises, Promises, yeah. was based on The Apartment. Yeah. It became a big popular Broadway musical, but it was based first on The Apartment. Um, well, I mean, I will say this. Okay, so I think I'm going to try and watch Irma LaDuce. Le, Le, Le yes. Uh, which is also Billy Wilder starring Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. Um, it's based off of, I believe, a French play, and it looks like it was nominated for some stuff back in 1964. So I don't know. Do you ever do you know much about this movie? No, not really. Okay, I, you, all I know, know is you've seen it. No, I have not seen it. Uh, it did. It did win uh, for best music, so it must be a musical too. But curious to see those two together on the screen again now that watching the apartment. Kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, I saw we saw Promises Promises with Sean Hayes from Promises, Will Promises. and Grace and, and uh, Kristen Chenoweth. Yeah, yeah. So from if you Oklahoma. like the, if you like the musical, then you'll like the movie it's based on. Rachel, what have you been watching lately? I looked and I don't think I've watched anything since our last. Are one, you serious? Other than just like, oh, here's some reruns I got to throw on. All right, well I'll go for Rach then because I've got <laughs> about the keepers. Oh, Rach, yeah. Rach brought this up like last podcast, and I watched it as well. You haven't watched it yet, right? I have not watched it yet. My wife, Misty, has, but I have not. And what did she say? 
She liked. She said it was creepy and messed up, and she liked Dude, it. It is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it is messed up. Yeah, like I, I mean, I know it's a true crime Netflix documentary in the vein mm. of Making a Murderer in the Jinx, and I know that it's about the Catholic. It's kind of like Making a Murderer meets mm. uh, meets Spotlight, basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, mean, that's a pretty terrible story. So. Yeah, I mean, it, the second, third, and fifth episodes were all very just creepy. Especially the second and third one, because you really see what's happening. And you got your pistol that out again. People out there like this. I loaded my pistol yeah. and I started looking at my windows. <laughs> I mean, it just creeps me out knowing that those kinds of people exist. Yeah, just yeah. crazy. That's all I'm saying. I'm gonna watch it. I do oh, want to watch it. And I, I don't want to talk about too much because it doesn't have those things that were in making the murder. Oh yeah, because everybody's dead. There were mostly. certainly which I'll I'll talk to you off air about where I was like. What about Russell? <laughs> I mean, like, there was just this one person they just would not bring up. And I'm like, yep. what about Russell? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so anyway. Interesting. <laughs> like, as a as a suspect or something? They just don't talk about, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. They just don't talk about this person. And I don't know why until, like, the fifth or sixth episode. Yeah. Mm. All right. So there is I'll, a little I'll, there is a little bit of it. I'll give it a watch. But it, there's this whole other side story to this murder. And that's where it's it's two different documentaries, really. I don't know, it's two different, but it's also it's obviously intertwined. But well, and and with any true crime, I did like the um, investigator side of like. There's a few different suspects that pretty like. There's very reasonable. Oh, uh, absolutely. There's very reasonable things that would make you think that well, that guy really might have done it. Absolutely. And so um, I feel like they figured out most of what was going on. Yes, you had said that, and I. Th- I think so, too. But I still think there's probably more going on than they'll ever know. And there's also a lot of weird, just weird side characters in this, too. There is. Um, like the guy who made the fake phone call. Yep. Uh, there's just a lot of weirdness. Creepy. That's, everything going on around it is weird. Load, but yeah. load your gun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. Uh, you sure there's nothing you want to talk about? We've been watching American Horror Story Roanoke. Yes. Which is like the latest season. I they probably come back in the fall would be my guess. Yeah. I think it's a fall show. So we're still catching up from last season, though, and it's really good. Uh, yeah. They kind of... I didn't love last season of American Horror Hotel. Story. The, Hotel. Yeah. To me, it kind of went too far into the gore for no reason. It and did. just and, and just weirdness for no reason. And American Horror Story is always kind of weird and gory, and that's right. fine. But I feel like last season, they kind of lost... It dripped too much of... of it felt icky watching it, like kind of like, yeah. like, like like a little too. And far. And the storyline wasn't interesting enough yeah. to support the ickiness. Yeah. Um, this season is totally different than any other season they've done, where it's really portrayed as um, you're watching a reality show. Yeah, which where is really there's cool. like a there's the actual people that are telling the stories, and then there are actors that re- are reenacting um, what's going on. And so I thought that was a nice different take. It's a cool it's twist. Got, it's got a good twist. We're just at. We're just over halfway through, and there's a good twist halfway through the season yes. um, where I'm really not sure. And they give you a clue of what's going to happen, but you still don't know what's going to happen. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's it's different than anything they've done before, and I really liked yeah. the way they switched it up. I don't even know what the theme is for next season. Do yeah. you? No, I don't know what I it is I don't know if yet. they've even announced it, but um, I think Roanoke was a good return to yes. what makes... American Horror Story, really creepy and really good. This is the fourth season? It's the sixth. Sixth, yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm excited about it because I was worried, because I'm a big uh, American Horror Story fan. Obviously, we're horror ga- 
guy and girl. We we are fans <laughs> fans of, of the horror genre. And uh, we being Brandon and Rachel. Yes, yes. Jacob uh, is out. He loaded um, a pistol for um, the keepers. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> a murder that happened fifty years ago. I never had a chance. <laughs> he knows nothing uh, no, bad about you, the Catholic. You church. could not handle American Horror Story. <laughs> no. I, I would recommend it to everyone but Jacob. Uh, good. Uh, I'll loop my dad in there too. He's kind of like me. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, Roanoke is such a cool uh, return to form, and I'm excited now again. Ryan Murphy is a creator of American Horror Story. He did Glee. He did American Scream Crime Queens. Story. He did American Crime Story, which is funny because you know a lot of the cast crossover from the uh, People versus OJ, and so in this in this show Roanoke, you have Sarah Paulson and Cuba Gooding Jr. playing a couple. So it's like weird. You're seeing Marsha Cross and O.J. Simpson make out. <laughs> That's really, really weird to me. Uh, but yeah, I highly recommend Roanoke. Uh, okay, so what I've watched lately, I have watched um, just recently. I want to talk about quickly Baywatch. You know, I was pretty excited about Baywatch. It looked really funny, I thought, from the trailers. Me too. And uh, I like The Rock. He's always funny and charming and charismatic. And then I think Zach Efron, given the right script, can be pretty funny. And then obviously Alexandra Daudrio is worth the price of admission. But unfortunately, I'd say that's just about it. Like, I was really disappointed. I saw the trailers. I thought it was going to be really good and tongue-in-cheek and campy. We knew what the Rotten Tomatoes scores yes. were, good, were getting. Yes. And we were like, how could they screw this up? Yes. Like, how could they? I thought it was going to be kind of like a 21 Jump Street. Sure. Uh, and it should have been. It absolutely That's exactly been. what I felt it? like they were going for. No. Okay. But I just know that it's not or would have got better reviews. Because because of the reviews is why I didn't go. Yeah, I was yeah. going to see it like so... opening night. But then the reviews happened. I was like, yeah, I guess I can wait a little bit. So I ended up seeing it. And, man, I was just disappointed. Like, uh, it, most of the funny stuff was shown in the trailers. And... Uh, Obviously, a lot of it's ridiculous, and it, it has some of the tongue-in-cheek, self-referential stuff that 21 Jump Street had, but not enough. For as ridiculous as it is, they should have gone, you know, all in. And sometimes sometimes it was just boring and kind of flat, and there just wasn't enough funniness to overcome it being a Baywatch movie. And I was really disappointed. I mean, yeah, Alexandra Daudrio was still nice to look at because, of course. And, you know, The Rock and Zac Efron still have a few funny lines, which you see most of them in the trailer. Uh, so I would say still highly recommend to see it because of Alexandra Daudrio. <laughs> <laughs> the movie kind of sucks, but uh, still worth watching is what I'm trying to say. Oh, <laughs> and there's another alone. blonde. Actually, actually, the funniest person in it, is a guy I don't even know. He played uh, kind of like the nerdy guy who somehow gets a spot on the on the lifeguard Baywatch team. His name is Ronnie in the movie, and I, I should have it pulled up since I was talking about it, but I didn't even care enough, so I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, but he was probably the funniest part. He was kind of the dorky comic relief. Uh, and unfortunately, it kind of had a little bit of crude, like, gross-out humor, which I wasn't which expecting. Which is usually huh. the biggest turnoff. Yep. Is it uh, John Bass, Ronnie Greenbaum is the character's yes. name? So yes. John Bass is the actor. Yeah, okay, name. thank you, thank you. So Baywatch, uh, disappointed in. I was actually really looking forward to it. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then the other thing I want to talk about was It Comes at Night. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of good things about this movie. I think this is the kind of horror movie that you need to go see because it's not like, you know, your jump scare. It's more... Thriller. It, it's a thriller, and it's really, really well done. 
It's got like I think 86, 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. So the reviews on it have been really, really good. Obviously, a really good cast. Uh, Joel Edgerton. Oh, it's got uh, Christopher Abbott. I'm telling you, I like this kid, man. I he was he was really, really good in He's it. He's just in good movies lately. Yeah, the last couple uh, years, and I liked him in this. I am so torn on It Comes at Night. I'm not going to spoil it. It was really well done. It's a it's a very very good movie. And I gave it a high score because it was intense, it was mysterious, it it was creepy, the atmosphere was so good, the acting was good, the script was good. But I was also very disappointed and kind of let down. Now, I don't know if you would be I, I guess I can say this. It really wasn't very scary at all. And so I was disappointed from that standpoint. It was it was suspenseful, but it really wasn't scary. It, it comes off, you know, between the, the title, which this isn't a spoiler because I want to let you know going into it, has nothing to do with the movie. And I was like, what? why is it called this? And so I looked into mm. it, and the director just said he thought it was a really intriguing title. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's a terrible. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. Re- yes, thing, though. yes, exactly. Because the whole time you think that it has something like what comes at night. Uh, um, Does it even happen at night? I mean, there are a lot of nighttime. But I was trying to like piece too? it all together. I was like, does it mean this? Does it mean this? It's kind of like it's not when, like it follows. Where right. Yeah. It tells you element. Right. Yes. Exactly. So it really the director just thought it was a cool title, which it is. But it's absolutely misleading. And for, for kind of that reason and it not being like truly scary, um, I was disappointed. But at the same time, really appreciated what a good movie it was. Cool. I, I think you'll like it, okay. Jacob. No, I definitely want to check it out. Yeah. Um, and that is what I've been watching lately. Uh, coming Captain up, Underpants? Say what? Captain Underpants? I want to see Captain oh, Underpants. By the time that we talk again, I will have seen Captain Underpants. Uh, coming up, we have a lot of good movies to talk about here at Pulp Fiction. Uh, Spider-Man. All Dunkirk, Eyes on Me. All Eyes on Me. War of the Planet of the Apes. There's some good ones oh, coming out. You're actually saying like blockbuster ones. Oh, I was like yeah. this weekend. <laughs> oh, this weekend. Uh, yeah. Just because of the success of uh, Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Uh, this All Eyes on Me is a story about Tupac who's... One of my favorite rappers. Really? Oh, yeah. See, I never got into him. I was really into NWA, like, big time. Uh-huh. But I just never got oh. into Oh, we oh, got I an love. East Coast, West Coast well, thing oh, going on in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to get shot. Um, no, All, all Eyes on Me is day, also named day. after his two-disc album that came out in 1996, which is my favorite rap album of all time. Really? Oh, yes. It's awesome. We listen to that every day on the way to golf. <laughs> <laughs> you and your the white friends. Yeah. yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> golf just, is like the rich we white just, Ninth, you're listening. I know. We were just ninth graders getting a ride with the, with the sophomore, and he always played it, and that's how I that's how I learned about it. Oh, that is so good. Yeah, oh, I love Tupac. Man. I love I love that album. So I'm curious about this movie, and you know, again with the success of the other, hoping this will be good. I don't see any reviews on it. No, which is a little bit scary. Well, and I was gonna say just because Straight Outta Compton was good does not at all mean that all eyes on you. Right. Tell you what, it's gonna be the good. kid they cast looks just like him. Does he? Oh, my gosh. Which might mean he can't act, though. I was going to say, that's good or like, bad. That's yeah. still a 50-50 yeah. shot there. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, yeah, I wonder if like they just rushed out, like, okay, NWA, yep. who else could, like, Let's get who a Tupac there, movie could, out, yeah. guys. Yeah. 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 I'm scared that they did that, because musical movies, they can go, you can have, you can have Ray, or you can have Walk the Line. 
I mean, you never know what you're going to get. That's true. Although a lot of people like to walk the line. I like walk the line. I mean, to be fair, it got great reviews. I was disappointed in it, but I... I, I was I, disappointed in it. As but well. I know what you're saying. Line. Right, I think it could have been a little bit grittier. but It could have been grittier. And whatever. I think that Reese Witherspoon is one of the worst best actress wins ever. I, I can't. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. All right, so there it is. That is Pulp Fiction on Wonder Woman and what we've been watching lately. Let us know what you thought of Wonder Woman. Tell us on our SoundCloud play page or our Facebook page. We will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Pulp Fiction. <laughs>